Hello, beautiful. This is Reverend Jennifer Hadley, and the recording you're about to listen to is part of the Living a Course in Miracles teleclass. Our intention in offering this class is to give you clear tools and practices that you can use to align with love every day in every area of your life. No one can do your healing for you. You must decide to choose love in every moment to the very best of your ability. Remember, miracles occur naturally as expressions of love. Intend to live a miraculous life of love and share the benefits of your healing and your expansion with everyone because you're one with them. Please pause the recording before the class starts and write down your intention in listening to the class. Partner up with your own higher Holy Spirit self. And please go to jenniferhadley.com for more tools and practical loving support every day. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the class. So here we are, it's week six, week six of Living a Course in Miracles, and our topic today is healing in mind, healing depression, and I am inviting you to join me in prayer. So let us pray together, let us bless ourselves and invoke the higher Holy Spirit self into our awareness. We begin with this holy breath of love and gratitude. So grateful and so thankful to open our hearts and minds to the power and the presence of divine love. We lift our vibration in gratitude. We're giving thanks for things just as they are. We're giving thanks that the love of God is all that we are and that everything is perfectly designed for our healing. We give thanks for this. We give thanks to open our heart and mind to the power and the presence of divine love. We invoke the higher Holy Spirit self into our awareness. We align with divine grace in our awareness and we open ourselves to a profound healing. So grateful and so thankful to say yes to our healing right now. In grace and gratitude, we place on the holy altar fire of divine love all resistance, all reluctance, anything that could seem to stand in the way of our healing, whether we recognize it, know what it is, or not. We make a holy offering of it right now. We open ourselves to the awareness of love in our heart and in our mind. In grace and gratitude, we joyfully, joyfully let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Ah, so (laughs) it's wonderful. It's wonderful to refresh with that blessing of prayer. I would like to start off with a quote from the Course, from the text, and it is called The Gift of Freedom. It's Chapter 8, Section 4. 
if God's will for you is complete peace and joy, unless you experience only this, you must be refusing to acknowledge His will. His will does not vacillate, being changeless forever. When you are not at peace, it can only be because you do not believe you are in Him, you are in God. Yet He is all in all. His peace is complete, and you must be included in it. His love governs you, because... Oh, <laughs> I'm reading this wrong. The light's a little dim here. His laws govern you because they govern everything. You cannot exempt yourself from His laws, although you can disobey them. Yet if you do, and only if you do, you will feel lonely and helpless because you are denying yourself everything. So, then I want <clears throat> to invite you to jump to, and it's my page 145 in the text, it's at the top there in paragraph 4, talks about, uh, in, actually on the bottom of 144, do you not think the world needs peace as much as you do? Do you not want to give it to the world as much as you want to receive it? For unless you do, you will not receive it. If you want to have it of me, you must give it. Healing does not come from anyone else. You must accept guidance from within. The guidance must be what you want or it will be meaningless to you. This is what we were talking about with David last night at the end, about really what is it that you want. That is why healing is a collaborative venture. I can tell you what to do, but you must collaborate by believing that I know what you should do. Only then will your mind choose to follow me. Without this choice, you could not be healed because you would have decided against healing. And this rejection of my decision for you makes healing impossible. So it's about cultivating the eyes to see and the ears to hear and that true willingness. And it is about aligning with divine will. Now, it may seem difficult to understand that healing depression, healing seeming illness like OCD and ADD, mental illness, psychological illness, emotional illness, any kind of even physical illness, it may seem very, very hard to believe that aligning with divine will would be the answer. But aligning with divine will is to align with love. And love is our healer. This is why when we are truly loving and we're able to give and share love without trying to get anything, without trying to control or manipulate, there is such a joy. That's our true identity and that's our true nature. And we can only experience it through aligning with divine will. It is God's will for us, and which is our will. God's will and our will are not separate. You see, if we think of aligning with divine will as aligning with a separate will, 
it's only because we're thinking of ourselves as separate. But when we are really interested in understanding the oneness of all life and knowing that as our true identity, then what happens is we recognize that God's will is our will. And we do not wish to have a separate will. We do not wish to work a separate will. And that sense of a separate will or free will is really just part of the illusion that there is only divine will. And in aligning with it is our greatest joy. It is what unlocks our greatest joy. And it is God's will for us that we be happy and loving and peaceful and provided for, abundant and prosperous, all needs met in God. Now, I totally understand that this is very hard to believe and very, very challenging. It does require, as we talked about last night, trust and faith. And we will find it very, very difficult to place our trust and faith in God if we ourselves are not trustworthy. So if we are not trustworthy, in other words, we don't keep our commitments, we don't keep our word, if we are denying the truth, then we will believe that God is the same and that God will somehow oh change up on us the way that we change up on God. Yes. So when we betray ourselves, we'll think that God is going to betray us. When we do not live in trust and faith, and we are not trustworthy, then we will think that we cannot trust in God. Because we are not trustworthy, how could we place our trust in God? We're just always going to project onto the mind of God that God is like us. But the mind of God is not an old man in the sky. It's infinite divine intelligence, and we can align with it, and this is our healing. So for me, this path of awakening to the willingness to align with divine will, it came from simply becoming devotional and being willing to be willing. Because I was reluctant and I was resistant and I thought I was right and I thought I knew so I was consistently trying to work my will. I noticed that this still comes up for me. So all of the time I'm reminding myself I'd rather align with divine will and when I do things unfold in a miraculous way. And every time I let go of trying to work my will and relax into divine will and experience that miracle living, it affirms that there's such relief in not trying to work my will. So for me, one of the forms of mental illness that I experienced very, very keenly was I was a control freak. And even now I will say that I'm a control freak in recovery. <laughs> and uh, I've often joked that they, they could create a 12-step program for control freaks. And if they did, 
uh, it, it would create all kinds of problems because if you had a 12-step program for control freaks, who would run the meeting? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> it could be quite difficult and quite challenging. So I was uh, really, truly a very intense control freak, and uh, I've talked a little bit about this in some of these classes because this was really a very intense pattern in the mind for me was thinking that I had to be right. Not necessarily that I always was right. I probably only thought I was right 85% of the time. But I needed to be right. I wanted to be right because being right was a validation that I desperately, desperately needed because underneath it, I felt insecure. I felt that I needed the validation because my self-esteem was low. So it was an interesting kind of a, a challenge for me because I had, I've always been very self-confident. My f parents raised me to be self-confident. But because I was so controlling and I had this tendency to be so manipulative, there was this deep sense of unworthiness and that I was making big mistakes all the time because I was being unloving so frequently and I would get so angry and so hostile and I was so willing to upset other people and to be distressing to them, to be an unloving presence in their life, trying to control and manipulate and to work my will and to get my way. And that was so so much a part of my life and my existence that it created this deep well of sadness and hopelessness and fear because I was so judgmental. I was always afraid of being judged. The judger always feels judged. The attacker always feels attacked. So these things are always going on. And it's up to us to truly open our heart and mind to the love that is the healer. And when we're trying to control, we're trying to manipulate, and we're judging all the time, we're not opening our mind to love the healer. How could we be? We're actually doing the opposite. We're closing off the love. We're closing off the healing. So... <clears throat> A lot of mental illness is really, I think, at least in my experience, it is the result of judging and judging and judging and judging and judging and judging and judging. Yes, indeed. And all that judging creates the experience of tremendous fear and conflict. It creates a deep and seemingly abiding fear of unworthiness. Just like we were talking about last night with David Hoffmeister, that when we judge and judge and we're in attack and attack and attack over and over again, there's uh, this deep sense of unworthiness that takes over. I don't know if you can hear that. They're playing some music over across the way here at Kalani. And 
that deep sense of unworthiness is like a black hole that can't be filled by any human experience. So it can't be filled with money or sex or wealth or the experience of fun and um, play. There's no amount of human experience that can fill that black hole that is the result of choosing thoughts of separation at such an intense level. So if you cultivate that unloving mind, that judging mind, that attacking mind, you are going to be experiencing unrelenting fear and unworthiness. How could you not experience the fear and unworthiness? And here's why. What could be more frightening than you giving yourself permission to destroy your life? Because that's what the attack thoughts do. They destroy your life. They destroy your happiness. So what I found in myself was that I was of two minds. I was split in my mind. One aspect of my mind wanted to move in the direction of being loving and kind and compassionate. And the other aspect of my mind wanted to control and manipulate and manage things and judge things and keep things separate. And you can't do both. So I was constantly ping-ponging back and forth and back and forth. And it creates this great sense of confusion and upset and fear and worry and doubt and hurt. It's so debilitating. And yet, what we'll do is we'll say, my problems and my illness and my challenges are a result of my childhood or what I learned from my parents and all of that. But there comes a time in our life when we have to say, no matter what has happened to us in the past and no matter what has been done to us, we can liberate. That we are all connected to the divine source. And the way that we connect in and we receive our love and our healing is through aligning with divine will. It is our own higher Holy Spirit self that is our healing. So what A Course in Miracles reminds us of is that our perfection, our wholeness, is available. It's unhurtable. It's undamageable. And we have access to it now and forever. And we can choose in every moment whether we will serve love or fear. So when we give ourselves permission to attack in the mind anyone, whether it's ourself or anyone else, then the fear and the upset is going to follow. The depression will naturally emerge when we are digging a hole and we know better. So I, I think that there's been so much depression in this day and age 
because people can see on a physical level that they have every advantage. You know, we we have this incredible luxury, so many of us, probably everybody listening to this class, there's the luxury of we we don't have to hunt and kill our food or you know necessarily grow it we we have the luxury of of time to put into our spiritual practice we have the luxury of all this spiritual support and spiritual classes and spiritual communities and things that we can participate in we have all these wonderful books and we have the education to be able to read them there are all these tapes and this entire class series is totally free. So we have all these tremendous resources. And yet nothing is more helpful to us than our own decision to be loving, to be kind, to be generous. So if we're on an intellectual pursuit of spiritual awakening and we're not willing to live in the practice with a deep and abiding commitment then doesn't it make sense that a depression would arise because we know that we're paying lip service to our spiritual awakening that it's not what we truly deeply desire because if it was we would become devoted and committed to being willing to align with divine will divine will is not necessarily going to make you give up everything like the uh, young man who, the rich man, young man who wanted to follow Jesus and said, Jesus, I'd like to come along with you. And Jesus said, great, give everything to the poor and come along. And uh, I always think that since the rich young man didn't go along with Jesus, that he was probably said to Jesus, well, that that's plan. I could do that. But Let's let's see if there's a plan B, and maybe plan B, I get to keep all my stuff and my money, and I get to go along, and maybe I get to pay for the hotels, the inns, or something like that. And Jesus was probably looking at him and saying, Dude, choose ye this day whom you will serve. Because if you have an attachment to your stuff, that's going to get in the way. The fastest path to your awakening is to be willing to surrender it all. Now, what I can honestly say for me personally is I I feel like I have been able to surrender so much of my life and it's been so joyful and so freeing and liberating and happy-making that the life that I'm living now is not one that I could have designed if I'd tried to. I wouldn't have designed it this way, and yet I'm very happy this way. When I was trying to make it happen, it wasn't happening. So I had to give that up and just say, okay, God, I'm not going to try and work my will anymore. I'm simply going to focus on aligning with divine will and seeing where it leads me. And, you know, sometimes you get guided to go places you wouldn't think of going, and you wouldn't think that you would enjoy it or want to be there. But when you get there, you go, wow, this is great. So, for instance, with the Living A Course in Miracles series, 
when I first got the guidance to do it, I had no idea how, how much work it would be for me. Had I known that I was volunteering to do so much work and invest thousands of dollars of my own money, uh, so I'm volunteering, you know, hundreds of hours and thousands of dollars. I I wouldn't have done that. That wouldn't have made sense to me. But my intuition said do it. So I just followed the guidance. And I'm so glad I have. So, and and the money was there when I needed it. So I was glad to invest it in putting the series on and in the meantime I have made some wonderful new friends and connected with people all over the world and I'm so grateful for that because that is my greatest joy is to share and to be in this loving community so there have been so many personal benefits that I never imagined I would have I'm right now I'm, I'm planning a trip to Ireland and Germany and the UK in in November and early December and I never thought that I would be going to these countries to speak and share and teach but now I am you know it's amazing how things just open up and begin to unfold so if we're in a place of thinking we don't know how it's going to happen therefore it cannot happen then we're in a limited mindset and if we're in a limited mindset pursuing expansion how can that possibly work so if you think okay if you are a spiritual seeker who doesn't see how aligning with divine will could bring you the greatest joy that there's a fear about aligning with divine will and you have in your mind this idea this limited idea or belief of what your happiness must be and how it must be that you cannot be happy unless you're with this particular spouse or you cannot be happy unless this healing happens in your body or you cannot be happy unless you're making this amount of money or you cannot be happy unless you're living in this place in this way or doing this career if you think your happiness is in any way conditional then you're in a limited frame of mind so if you're seeking spiritual expansion at the same time valuing being in a limited frame of mind then you are going to feel confused and crazy and in lack and I could definitely see how that would lead to depression because if you're seeking expansion but you're mentally thinking thoughts of lack and limitation which is what judgments are, it's what opinions are. If you're thinking that you don't have, and yet you're on a path of spiritual expansion, you're in such a deep conflict. I don't know how you couldn't feel confused and crazy and depressed and in despair. Because the more you believe 
in the attachments, in the thoughts of lack and a limitation and attack. The more you believe that your problems are a result of your history, the more you will suffer. It is through being willing to surrender those beliefs, that point of view, and to align with divine will that begins to loosen everything up and the healing begins. Because the healing is activated through choosing love. Now, think of it this way. I'm going to invite you to place your hand on your heart and tune within. And think of someone that you love. Preferably someone who's young, a child, still growing up, still forming their personality, if you will. Someone who seems somewhat innocent. So think, if you can think of a a younger child that you love, and maybe they're a grown-up now, but you remember when they were a younger, innocent child. Or maybe you can just think of yourself as a younger, innocent child. Now, imagine that you are responsible for the care of this young person. You are responsible for taking care of them and leading them and guiding them. And all day long, you are telling them that they are limited, that they don't have resources, and that they may never be able to be happy because they may never be able to manifest the spouse or the job or the money or the healing in the physical body or whatever it is that you believe is required for their happiness. And so many times a day you tell them, I don't think you can ever be happy because you have all these limitations. I don't think you can ever fulfill your gifts and talents because you aren't living your highest and best. I don't think you can ever know true joy because you're in a career that's not fulfilling. You aren't ever going to be able to really uh, have a great life because you are your legs don't work, your arms don't work, or some physical challenge is yours. So you're not ever going to really be able to be happy or fulfilled. You're, you don't have a spouse. No one's going to love you. You're alone, so you're not going to really have a great life. You know, but these are, we wouldn't say these things to a young child, would you? Would you say those things to a young child that you are responsible for, their care, and their nurturing? But very often, these are the things that we say to ourselves. So... Our spiritual expansion and healing requires us to care for ourselves because we are so valuable. All of humanity cannot enlighten unless 
you enlighten. So we are all connected. You are the world. We are the world. And we each have the same full access to the love of God. And it is our spiritual responsibility to be happy. It is our spiritual responsibility to share love and extend love. So we must forgive ourselves first and foremost. This is the thing I see over and over and over again. That people refuse to forgive themselves for making poor choices, for believing in lack and attack. People just refuse to forgive themselves and they hold themselves prisoner. So again, going back to this idea of thinking of yourself as being responsible for the growth and happiness, the nurturing of this innocent child. You are that innocent child. Would you speak so unkindly to an innocent child? Would you give yourself permission to do that? Would you really? Or would you be willing to treat this responsibility as a sacred, sacred responsibility? What a holy opportunity for healing this is. And I invite you right now, today, in this moment, to make a decision that you are, from this moment forward, going to invest your precious life in forgiving yourself, which truly is releasing the judgment. You can do this. And no one else can do this for you. So you can forgive yourself. You can release the judgment. Yes, we've all made mistakes. And we because underneath whatever you believe to be true is the truth. No matter what has happened to you and no matter what you have done, underneath is that pure innocence, the perfection and the wholeness of the mind of God. It's you. That's your true identity. And the way I learned to think of it for myself is how dare I bear false witness against myself. And if I'm going to judge other people, how dare I bear false witness against them. That's a spiritual law I'm breaking. And when I am judging myself or I'm judging someone else, I am breaking that spiritual law. Thou shalt not bear false witness against yourself or your neighbor. So I dare not judge. I dare not judge. And giving up the habit of judging for me was so difficult. And I still have to work with it every day. And I'm grateful and thankful that I do. It's such a gift to me because it is the, the fastest path I know to healing is to give up the judging and substitute the judging for loving and extending compassion and patience and kindness 
and generosity. And it is a discipline that you can learn and make a habit of just like anything else. And there's no giving to get in it. It's simply learning to live in peace <laughs> and learning to live in joy. And there's a great, great joy that bursts forth in it. So let's take this sigh with our hand on our heart and this out-breath and simply relax into an awareness that our true identity is innocent and pure. And so no matter what unloving choices we have made in the past, we can harvest the learning from them when we forgive ourselves. And in harvesting the learning, we can share the benefit of that learning with everyone everywhere so that all beings can be more loving and all of us can liberate. Oh, what a gift. I'm going to take a sip of my spiritual espresso here. So grateful and so thankful oh, that we can call forth this healing and this liberation. So I would like to invite you, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling sad, to be willing to open your mind to the higher Holy Spirit self and begin to ask over and over again throughout the day for divine assistance in healing. What you'll begin to notice is that you're prompted, you're pulled to make more loving choices and you will begin to see your resistance. You'll begin to see how you resist being loving, being compassionate, being kind, and that you prefer in some cases to be judging, to be gossiping, to be controlling and manipulative. So you begin to develop a greater sense of self-awareness. This is the healing going on. Now, when you notice that you feel pulled to the thoughts of separation and away from the thoughts of love and compassion and unity, when you notice that about yourself, have compassion for yourself. Because, remember, all healing is self-healing. All forgiveness is self-forgiveness. All love is self-love because there's only one. So love is the healer. When you notice you're judging yourself for being judgmental, because the judger always feels judged, when you notice that about yourself, that's the opportunity right there to be loving, to be compassionate. So you start to develop this knee-jerk reaction of being loving, compassionate, kind, and caring with yourself. And now you're reclaiming your innocence. You're reclaiming your true identity. And it, it is about self-care. So this is what we're learning to do for ourselves, and it's deeply and profoundly healing. And it is healing in the mind. Depression is 
a kind of inertia, right? A kind of hopelessness. And I've talked about and shared about feeling uh, intensely suicidal, feeling like there's no point. I don't have a clue. I don't know where to get a clue. That's a hopelessness. And a sense of inertia, like I want to die to this life because I don't know how to make it work. And there's actually incredible advantage to feeling like you want to die because it's really that we would like to die to the ego and awaken to the eternal spiritual life. We'd like to end this suffering and struggling and trying to work our will. And the way that we do that is through aligning with divine will. And when our mind is willing to align with divine will, then we will see that the only will there is, is the will of God, and we can align with it. And there's great joy in that. There is no sacrifice. How could giving up depression be a sacrifice? How could living in fear be preferable to living in freedom? The only place to find freedom is in our heart and mind and through aligning with divine will and living a life of love. We can do that. This is our divine opportunity. So our healing depends upon our aligning with divine will. It depends upon it. There is no other way. There is no other way. So we are giving ourselves permission to have a healing. And the mind will prevent us from enjoying the good if we feel unworthy of it because we've made so many mistakes in the past. We've been so unloving in the past. We've been so unkind in the past. We don't deserve the love. We don't deserve the compassion and the kindness. But we do. We do. And we can so we must move into that space of non-judgment and moving into the space of, I don't know what anything is for. I truly do not know what anything is for. And I am willing to surrender thinking that I do know. I'm willing to give that up and open my heart and mind to have a healing. I'm going to surrender thinking that I know what things are for. I'm going to surrender, thinking I know how it should be, and move into the place of saying, I don't know. But I'm willing to see with God's eyes and to know with the mind of God and to be free. I'm willing. I'm truly willing. I'm willing to set myself free from the thoughts of lack and attack. I'm willing to have a healing. I'm also willing. To me, the requirement of the spiritual awakening is the discipline. And many people revolt against the discipline. They revolt against it because they have this false belief that the discipline will 
impede their happiness, that it will feel limiting. But it's the dis discipline to align with the unlimited, unprecedented love of God. What's limiting is living in fear and doubt and worry and shame and blame. That's limiting. Surrendering to divine will, surrendering and aligning your personal use of free will with divine will, that's liberating. Because I can tell you, I just experience in my own life, and David and I, we've been hanging out together um, for the last, oh, eight or nine days, off and on. And every time we get together, we're sharing stories of, hey, listen to this miraculous thing that happened. Hey, listen to this cool thing that happened. And we're just living in that experience of, Wow, what's going to happen next? And it's not that we don't have challenges. We have challenges, but they don't cause us distress, you see. They, you know, and if my mind goes to distress and I start to think, oh, this is uh, a difficulty, then right then in that sense of this is a difficulty, I know that I am not fully aligned with divine will. Because when I'm fully aligned with divine will, there is no difficulty. Because I am in the free flow of the love of God. I don't know a path of spiritual awakening, awakening and enlightenment that does not include a willingness to be disciplined for love. To discipline the mind to choose love at every turn. And this is the undoing of the ego. And it is through this that the awakening happens and everything that is your true heart's desire is added unto you. If you look at the life of Buddha, he went through just incredible, phenomenal deprivation. Phenomenal deprivation in order to learn that that's not necessary. He did that homework for us. <laughs> and many other people have done it as well. We don't have to be deprived. There's no deprivation, deprivation in giving up the thoughts of lack and attack and judgment. There's just no deprivation in that. There's a freedom that's revealed. The love is expansive. The clarity is powerful. This is why I feel it's so valuable to share over and over again that the path of spiritual awakening and expansion, enlightenment, is a path of purification. So any thought of judgment that you treasure is polluting your experience of the unprecedented, unlimited abundance and prosperity and wholeness and harmony. The wisdom, the freedom, the clarity, all the good. You are eliminating it when you treasure even one thought of lack and attack. So there is this 
opening, this unprecedented opening that's unfolding. It's revealing. It's expressing. And it's trying to get our attention all the time. It is the love of God as our true nature. And it's vying for our attention all the time. And it takes tremendous energy to deny it. This is why people say to me all the time, Oh my God, you do so much. You accomplish so much. You get so much done. I, I found that I'm so much more productive when I'm not in self-sabotage. This is why I'm doing the, the, the class on self-sabotage as the bonus class for the gold and platinum people. And uh, again, you can register for the self-sabotage class. It's uh, going to be on November 3rd, and uh, it's $44. You get the download and the transcript as well as the live class and to participate in that. And um, it's free for anyone who purchases the gold and platinum. And the reason why I, I got led to that topic of healing self-sabotage is I, I personally have witnessed in my own mind how the pattern of sabotage is so intense. And the purpose of self-sabotage is to slow down your spiritual growth. And it's the ego holding on to that sense of separation. And it is so debilitating. Oh, yeah. Just feeling that. So I'm inviting you right now to just bring into your mind any ways that you might sabotage your own joy and happiness and you willingly, knowingly do it. Self-sabotage comes in so many forms. It could be through some kind of self-medication. All self-medication is self-sabotage. We all have our own ways, our favorite ways of sabotaging ourselves. Some of them we do consciously. Some of them seem to be unconscious. Certainly thinking thoughts of lack and attack is a favorite form of self-sabotage for many people certainly has been for me and when we willingly give ourselves permission to engage in self-sabotage in self-medication we do fall into depression and despair and disillusionment one of the things I've seen over the years with so many spiritual seekers, including myself, is going through periods where you give yourself permission to have one, two, three, four glasses of wine with dinner, after dinner. And you think, oh, what's one glass of wine? And then it becomes two glasses of wine, and then it becomes three glasses of wine. And you're like, well, I don't do it every day. Right, And we, we have all kinds of excuses and all kinds of things. And I'm not saying that um, drinking alcohol is bad or wrong. I'm not, I, I don't have any opinions or judgments about it. But I know for me, it affects my energy field. I don't drink a glass of wine ever out of love. I, I don't uh, 
I don't drink anymore because I found I don't enjoy it anymore. But when I did think that I enjoyed it, <laughs> I was making a sacrifice and I knew it. I knew I was making a sacrifice that it was affecting my awakeness and my awareness. And I know that there are all kinds of spiritual teachers that uh, drink alcohol and I have no I have nothing to say about them. They're, they're, that's their path. And who am I to say what they should or shouldn't do and what would be most beneficial for them? What I am saying is that I used to self-medicate with alcohol, with food, with all kinds of things. And I was very aware of what I was doing. And yet I gave myself permission to do it anyway. And when I was doing that, it was because I didn't understand how much joy and happiness could come from aligning with divine will. I didn't understand how fulfilling it would be to really focus on becoming disciplined, to surrender the thoughts of lack and attack, and to cherish the opportunities to extend love and compassion. I had no idea how much more fulfilling that could be. It's like I was saying last night with David at the end of the class there that no matter how debilitated you feel, how depressed you feel, there's probably going to be somebody who is having a bigger challenge than you are. There probably is. And so your healing, your willingness to align with divine will actually helps them. And it can truly assist them in liberating from their suffering. But your choice to self-medicate, to self-sabotage, to think thoughts of lack and attack will not help them. How could it? And so for me, one of the, the greatest gifts is the awakening awareness to personal responsibility and becoming willing to take that responsibility and hold it in a joyful way, which we can do. We can do. It, it, it requires a shift of mind. How do you shift your mind? You invoke the higher Holy Spirit for assistance. We all are connected to the I Am Presence. We all are connected to the Christ Presence. We are all that. We're one with each other, with the Christ Presence, with the I Am Presence, with all that is good and holy. And it is only our denial of that connection that creates the deep sense of suffering. So we've all been disciplined for thousands of years, probably, incarnation after incarnation, disciplining the mind in the thoughts of separation. And now we are aligning with the thoughts of love and unity. We have an extraordinary unbelievable, unprecedented power of healing available to us 24-7. And so it is our spiritual responsibility to partner up and to fly on the wings of the Holy Spirit, to give the Holy Spirit, the higher self, the heavy lifting. 
So rather than trying to figure out how to have a healing and how to heal the depression, just how can I extend love? How can I share love? How can I be more compassionate? How can I surrender the thoughts of lack and attack and move into the expansive awakened mind? We begin. It's, it's so much about asking the right questions instead of how am I going to get out of this mess? How's that ever going to happen? <laughs> how could it be? Instead, how can I choose love right now? How can I discover the more loving choice right now? It does require our discipline, and it is a discipline once you get the hang of it. So this is what we're doing. We're cultivating the ability together to get the hang of it. So I'm inviting you to some homework. Now, some people don't like the title homework or the name homework. It feels oppressive, feels like something they don't want to do. But you know what? I, I like to engage in things that are helpful to me. So one of the things I'm going to invite you to do is to maybe get some 3 by 5 cards or some post-its and write partner up with a heart on it. <laughs> and put those everywhere you can see them just to constantly remind you, did you partner up? Have you partnered up? If you're feeling a sense of lack and limitation, then you're not partnered up. No way. No way. You're relying on your own separate abilities. But when you partner up, you don't feel like, oh, I don't know how this is going to happen. This is, no, there's no way this can happen. There's no way I can get out of this. Oh, no, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. When you're partnered up, you stand, you're, you, you're in the mindset of, Hmm, I don't know how this is going to happen. This will be interesting to watch it unfold. This is what D David and I share all the time is, we don't know how this is going to unfold, but we're really curious to learn. We're excited to see where our spirit is going to lead us and guide us. Because we have come to the place of awareness that there's nothing for us to give up anymore. I love when uh, I interviewed Regina Dawn Akers for my radio show. Um, when was that? Back in the spring, I think. And you can get all the radio show recordings totally for free at iTunes if you search for my name at iTunes, Jennifer Hadley at iTunes. Uh, and my YouTube channel, Je Jennifer H. Hadley at YouTube and jenniferhadley.com, my website. There are all these free resources that I'm offering you. Just it could totally, just abundanza, totally free for you. And I was re interviewing Regina Dawn Akers, who did such a beautiful class. Oh, I got so many emails that people really loved and appreciated her class. And I just love her. She's so precious. And, um, in the radio show, she was saying how she got guidance from the Holy Spirit, the higher self, to move and to quit her job and move and that everything would be revealed to her. And it was so upsetting to her and so frightening to her to do this that she said over it took her a year to finally follow through on that divine guidance 
And over the course of that year of getting herself into shape to do that, <laughs> mentally and emotionally, spiritually, she took to her bed 20 times, she said, and pulled the covers up over her head, quaking desperately in fear because it was so challenging for her because it was about surrendering her life to the love of God. Now, everything has opened up in her life. She's never been happier. There's never been more love, more flow, more good in her life. But it did require her to lose her little life in order to open to the expanse of life. And this is true for everyone. So it's not that we have to necessarily give up our job and our home and our family or anything like that. No, not at all. But we have to give up the attachment to thinking we know how it should be, to thinking we know what could make us happy, in order that what can truly make us happy will be revealed to us. So this is our holy responsibility. And... It's unfolding for every single one of us now. So the deep healing requires our alignment with divine will. It requires our willingness to open to divine inspiration, to stop thinking we know, and to stop believing in our own perspective but to open to the unlimited and unprecedented love of God, which is our true nature. So we do it through divine discipline. And we require of ourselves over and over and over again throughout the day, every time we start to feel off balance or afraid or worried, we open ourselves to partner up. And this is why I offer the daily prayer my daily spiritual espresso, which you can sign up for at jenniferhadley.com. It's my daily blog, which includes the daily prayer, totally free to help you remember to partner up every single day. So in this moment now, we're going to partner up, and I invite you to place your hand on your heart and to join me as we give thanks that our healing is at hand and that truly... We're surrendering to the love of God, which is our true identity, which is our true will. We are grateful and thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and to remember and recognize that there is only divine will. That's all there is, and we are grateful and thankful to accept and to allow it now and forever. We're opening to our healing. We're sharing the benefits of our healing and our expansion with everyone. So grateful and so thankful that we're one with them. In grace and gratitude, we joyfully, joyfully let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Ah. <sighs> I just encourage you, don't allow yourself for one second to think that your healing or the, the life of good that is your true life is unavailable to you. It's all available to you, baby. Claim it. I'm with you. And so is the love of God. Yes. I love you. Have a great, great week. And remember... Make your appointments to listen to the replays. Invite your friends. And 
bring that healing on. Bringing on a breakthrough. This is Jennifer Hadley again. I invite you to remember that your dedication to your life of love is the best gift that you can share with the world. Love is the only healer, and it's always available to you for the asking. Remember, too, that you cannot have that which you're unwilling to share. Share the love today. Love out loud and know that all boats rise on this holy tide of love. Thank you for joining us. Please go to jenniferhadley.com for more tools and practical loving support every day.